my knee. Oh, God. Uh, what'd you do? Did you hit your funny bone? How do you hurt yourself sitting down? <laughs> <He's> back- <laughs> Work is cold. He's all, all backed up. Fuck, that hurt. <laughs> Office <sighs> injuries better. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. <laughs> No, we should do. We should get Fazaro in here and sing a song one time. We'll start. What a week it's been, eh? What a week it's been. <laughs> what a week it's been. We got locked down at home. <laughs> oh, jeez. What's the world come to, mate? What's the world come Actually, to? Actually, not even a week. It's been like 24 hours. Not even. Well, does it feel like we Perth has uh, joined the rest of the world? We're no longer the most isolated city in the world because now we're doing what everyone else has had to do. Uh, I, I feel it's a very different lockdown to March-April lockdown, though. Very different. I can't even remember that very well. Like, did did we – was it like this that we couldn't even leave home? Yeah, but I feel like the anxiety level was much more. Like, it was in a period where we were very unsure what happened in the world. Everyone was worried about jobs. Everyone was worried about stock market. Everyone was worried about everything. Whereas this one here almost feels more like an inconvenience rather than a pandemic. I think because most people were expecting it. I mean, we we predicted it. Yeah. Like we, on on previous yeah. podcasts, we said, you know, I bet this is going to happen eventually. And what do you know? It has. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's do a uh, an intro. All right, welcome to another episode of Chronicles on the Fly with Dom, Mel, and Simon. And it's a very exciting time because we are in full lockdown in Perth, Western Australia. Lockdown. Yay. And uh, so what do you reckon, lads? No surprises? Mate, oh. I'll, give it, I'll give it to bloody Victoria. They went through however many months of this. Like, oh. That's just me open up get on, again. Get on the beers, eh, Tom? Well, those um, colonial brewing uh, beers that I bought, I still had one left, so I thought I'll finish it off. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Carry on. No, that's all right. I was just basically saying, like, we got five days, next five days at least. So minimum five days, probably be longer. But anyway, we got five days at least. These guys did it from essentially from March to basically September, October. Like that's ridiculous. That would have been actually, that would have been hard. Yep, it became lockdown lifestyle. Uh-huh. This is this is this is the new norm, as they say. Uh, uh, terrible the, term. I hate that word. I can't stand that word. The new norm. Do you reckon we're going to get a contract extension? More than five days. Uh, I think we're going to get it. I think we are. I think we're going to be more than five days, to be honest. I think they'll probably they'll probably wait till Thursday after we've got, you know, three days of under our belt of getting used to it, and then go. Oh, by the way, everybody, there's about hundred more people who've been infected across the the state, so uh, you're staying in for another few weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Possibly they might do a thing where they'll let kids go to school, though. Wouldn't surprise me if they reopen schools, but everything else is locked down again. Yeah. Mm. I think that yeah, might true. be something. Yeah. So where do we start with this uh, chaos? <laughs> well, who wants who wants to go well, first? You can start, Simon. Um, no, 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 no. Well, what I think, oh, okay. I, I want, I want to throw it open. I want to throw what I, what I think personally is, um, we got no one. The government's got no one to blame but themselves. I mean, they should have learned from the mishaps of uh, Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland. And um, if they'd learned from that, then we wouldn't be seeing this little situation. I mean, it was stated, was it, that uh, at the National Cabinet that there was supposed to be testing for security guards every single day? Was that not 
issued yep. 21 days ago, 20, that was a 22 days ago. Recommendation. Yeah, recommendation. Yep. Yep. And we, we, we were the only state not to implement that. Uh-huh. So if that was implemented, would we have this situation right now? I'd probably say no. Well, what I want to know is when they say daily testing, so even if you're not working, are you, do you, where do you have your test? This is the thing, right? Why isn't there a dedicated medical facility for hotel quarantine workers, security and, and But the they like? do get, they get tested. He got te- so this guy got tested on the 22nd, 20th, 22nd, 24th or something like that, got negative, went to work on the 26th, 27th, then gets tested on the 30th and it's positive, right? So this is – and I brought this up with Melo today. My annoyance with this system, which is just weird to me, is on the 28th, I think it was, the guy calls in sick. Surely at that point you say to him, do not go anywhere and get a test. 100%. 100%. He goes gallivanting around Perth here and there. I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. He was living the dream, yep. it looks like. Um, and I was like, well, surely if he calls in sick, like there is a process. <laughs> There's one thing about him being an Uber driver and doing everything on the side and we all don't know, but that's just people just being untrustworthy, which is the norm. Like people can lie about that shit, which is fine. But the fact he's literally called you and notified you he's sick and then there's no follow-up is just, that to me just seems crazy. Surely there should be the follow-up would be stay there, we'll send someone to test you. Yeah, well, firstly, to have this job as a a hotel quarantine security guard, right, you should have a guideline before you undertake that that role, okay, that if you happen to feel whatever symptoms, this, this, and this, this is what you do. You call this person, you don't come in, you make sure you self-isolate, blah, blah, blah. Do not, you know, move from your from your home, right? That's the one thing. Who knows if they had that in place, right, and whether he's just forgotten because it's been, you know, a certain amount of time, nothing's happened beforehand and, and whatever, he's forgotten. When you make that phone call to your boss, boss can't come in, do my shift because I'm just not feeling very good, you know, bit of a sore throat, blah, 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 whatever. Your boss at the security company should say to you, Okay, this is what you have to do. Wait, what floor were you on? You, you should ha- say, what floor were you working? All right. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, they should know yeah, all but that I'm stuff. Saying, bang, bang, bang. But then, but at that point, his manager or boss or whatever should say to should him, be a procedure in place. this is what you do. Do not go anywhere or go here to get a test, whatever. Whatever the procedure is, read him the riot act, right? Do not leave your home. Do not go and do your other jobs. Do not go to the shops, et cetera. Right, it seems like this hasn't happened, and what for the next two days he's gone off and uh, while he's on sick leave, gone off Ubering, brilliant, spread it all around everywhere. Yeah, but is that not a symptom of him? Like, just pay them more so they don't do another job. Exactly. I don't even blame this guy. I don't. I don't blame this guy. Right, because from all accounts, this guy's got like three three jobs or something. Right, he's security. He's at university. He's uh, works at Coles. He mm. does Uber. Right. He's trying to he's trying to make his way in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. He's bust he's busting his ass to get by. Right. So it's not him. I would I don't put the blame on him. It's the system and the processes that have failed. Mm-hmm. Okay. They've failed him and they've failed everyone else. What surprises me is that you got a hotel quarantine system. Now we're also what ten months in to this system, basically 
like almost a year into this system. Yep, almost a year. Almost a year. What I don't understand, and I don't understand why this wasn't from the beginning, why are not people involved in the hotel quarantine system treated almost exactly the same as fly-in, fly-out workers? Make them two weeks on, two weeks off, four weeks on, two weeks off, whatever, right? Leave them in that hub system. Give them a room in the hotel. Who cares? There should be a system that separates them from the general public. Dom, you are saying everything that I was saying to Mel yep. when we were yep. talking a few couple hours ago on the phone. Me, <laughs> everything. <laughs> the, the one thing is also I was, I was listening to um, radio and podcast clips this morning. Who was it? Um, Clay Gollidge, oh, yes, who's an infectious disease, infectious disease, disease expert, expert yeah. over here in, in Perth, right? He was saying that just the hotel quarantine system is such a cock-up what they should have in place is like a, a dedicated quarantine facility, like military grade, okay, where every all workers are in full PPE all the time, tested daily, mm-hmm. right, so, saliva tests every day, no second jobs, well paid, mm-hmm. okay, and he didn't say this, but like you said, I, I agree, treated like FIFO workers, all right, on a roster, Paid very well, not you know, not seconded from uh, you know bullshit security companies with two days training yep. crap. Scared of Sir Three in security. Yeah, exactly, you know, like use the army. Huh. What's the army doing? They're not they're not fighting any wars. You know, get them to to be the security guards. Pay them. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's not it shouldn't be that hard. Oh. Oh, it's developed that way, but I, I don't know if it's if they're concerned about the short-term dollar for the long-term dollar. Like surely a lockdown for a week has now cost us more than if they had just paid the security guards more from 10 months ago. Like a week lockdown is actually an expensive habit. I don't understand why they wouldn't have gone like this process earlier. Like what benefit do you get from a, a travel-in, travel-out model of the security cards are currently doing? Uh, I don't know. Just To me, it just seems... Um, Seems there's, oh, there's going to be a gap in there somewhere, which every state has shown there's a gap in there somewhere. Honestly, and the fact that they were not testing hotel workers every single day, yeah. they were doing once a week. When they found out that this guy's got it, that's when they said, "Oh, now we're going to do it every day." Yeah. Well, great, the horses bolted. I, I don't get as well how uh, look as much as like you can't blame the guy for having more than one job or not. Surely he went to the Netherlands GP. The Netherlands GP told him to get a COVID test, right? He didn't go till the Saturday, so two days later to get his test, right? There's a little bit of reliance on you as well in that perspective to know, well, hang on a second, I work in a COVID hotel, maybe I should go do the test. Yeah, but wait, does that just, I'm defending the guy, but he might have been a student visa holder, so that would have cost him a bloody fortune. I think he is. <laughs> you know, that's not going to be covered by Medicare, is it? Well, we don't know. No, that's what I mean. I don't. I don't blame this guy, right? Now, he's a, he's. A, we don't know the full details about him, and but you know, let's say he's a he's a poor student that's come here from India. Okay, he doesn't know the, all the customs, all the ins and outs of the way you know life in Australia works as compared to what he's used to over in India. I don't blame this guy at all. You know what I mean? Like I said, he's just trying to get by. Okay, he's made some mistakes, but in his mind. He probably thought he was doing the right thing. He probably didn't see the gravity of it. That's what I mean. The guidelines and the processes, the system was not in place to support this guy. 
That's what I think. I agree for most of that. But if the doctor tells you, go get a COVID test, who's a GP you've gone to specifically, go listen to the doctor. Yeah, I, I could see, I could see that. Yeah. Like, yeah. The doctor says go do it. Just go do it. There's a doctor who's telling you to do it. It's not that his work said go do it when you come back. He literally went to the doctor who then referred him straight to a clinic. It's like, well, yeah, I, agree. Just I, I, I agree with you, but we don't know that he might have had no money in his bank account. Yeah, but my, my understanding was that all the COVID testing is free. It's covered by the state regardless of whether it's Medicare or not. The state know. pays for it. That's not Medicare. Well, I had a, I had a COVID test last week, son. So. And did, did you pay for it? Did you? No. I'm a Australian citizen. <laughs> That's one, my Medicare card. No, but I mean, did they ask for your Medicare card? Yes, they did. No. Why did you have one? Because I had a sore throat. And the doctor goes, they got the, the doctor said, he goes, look, I know you haven't got it, but we just have to do the test. And I actually got my results today from the rest of the test. I was negative for all the viruses. So. Don't you find out uh, like same day or next day? It was the next day. It was, it was like... I went at like 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, and by 8 o'clock in the morning the next day I had my results. Okay. How do they do the test, by It's the way? very uncomfortable. They did stick a swab up your nose, each nostril. Like into the middle of your head? Well, first they stick it down your throat first, right, and it's like all the way down your throat. I was, I was practically gagging. I couldn't. I don't know if I could handle that. And then they stick it up your oh. nose. I'm like, Jesus. She goes, are oh, you going to need a tissue after this? And I was like, yeah, or right, whatever. I was like, yeah, I need a tissue. It's like she's gone right in there. <laughs> she went straight up there. Because apparently it, um, it lives in this, is it the sinus, sinus. area? Hmm. Well, my sinus aren't too well. It's blocked uh, at the best of times. 100%. <laughs> I'm actually going for an opera next month, so, or this month actually. So. Oh, okay. Did they even get it up there, Mel? Or just basically tickle the edge of your nose? Well, all I know is it. Felt weird. <laughs> Definitely felt weird. I can tell you that much. It it a sewing needle. <laughs> <laughs> the sewing needle on a sledgehammer. You might have lost in all the hair at day. Maybe, maybe blocked it. <laughs> maybe you cleared it up a bit. You don't even need the surgery anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Clean, <laughs> clean out the filter yeah, yeah, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. It's true, but when they clear that's out the, the 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 nasal hairs, you do breathe a lot better. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh well. Anyway, so, what do you do, mate? What do you do? But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we'll probably we'll probably get a uh, an extension at some point during the week. Well, oh. I figure it must be pretty. Look, the reason I figure it must be serious, there's a couple of things. One was you must wear a mask at all times, including indoor, right? Which we haven't worn a mask at all, at all, in its entirety. So I'm like, well, that's a real 180 from normal. I was suffering just having that on for uh, 20 seconds. But this is oh, one thing I want to make about the mask mandate, right? Now, he bought out, he came on at 12.30, whatever it was, to say the mask mandate from 6 o'clock. He didn't say, look, you got 48 hours to get your mask. Like, you got four hours to get your mask. And like, and like, the, like, the police commissioner goes, well, we're going to take a, a knucklehead approach. So, you know, I was like, listen to this guy. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't think, like, he, he said that, he, he didn't ex- explicitly say, but he implied that, you know, they were going to use a common sense approach. Like if you were in the process of going to get one or you hadn't been able to get one yet kind of thing, they weren't going to give fines for, you know, yeah. every single case if, you know, if you didn't have a fine, mm-hmm. if you didn't have a, a mask yet. Because, yeah, he, they understood that not everyone's had enough time to organise mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. And well, understand the rules too. Like there was a lot there to unpack in one press conference, what's open, what's closed, what's essential, what's not essential, what can we do, what can't we do. Look, there's still people unsure now what essential and unessential is. I've, I've already heard today on on the radio and, and TV and that, you know, some florists were open, 
I think Myers department store was open and, you know, just not essential stuff. Uh-huh. So no one knows whether they're Arthur or, or Mark at the moment. <laughs> well, really? What's at Maya that's essential? What's at Maya that's essential? Uh, well, you know, you might need a new perfume or something uh, or a new pair of shoes. You, they don't sell – None. They don't sell drugs, all right? So they're not a chemist, all right? They don't sell food, so you're not there to eat, all right? Household appliances, really. That's about it. But that's not essential. That's a non-essential item. What possible household appliance do they sell that makes my life – like I need it. Coffee to machine. Coffee machine. You could say the same about. <laughs> you could say the same about Bunnings. I think Bunnings yeah. today at least still open. Yeah, but at least with Bunnings, right? They do construction stuff, right? Which is okay. apparently essential. So construction is essential, right? So at least they have some things that are a requirement, right? There are some things there. There's also things like RCDs, which are an essential item. They are things like, um, uh, well, they don't have safety equipment. As well, which is also control. yeah, they also sell masks, which is something that we all need as well. All right, so I get that there is a situation where there's a some okay. things they sell is essential, but Maya literally have nothing. There's nothing that I need to survive from Maya. Look, if there's an apocalypse, I am not raiding Maya. <laughs> yeah, like I, what would be the first place that you raid? <laughs> Oh, good call. Wait, what kind of apocalypse? I'd, I'd rather not. I'd suggest <laughs> that there's no need to raid anything because the apocalypse, you're not going to exist afterwards after you get apocalyptic. Well, I've seen enough zombie movies in my time. But there, there is. There's a limit. There's a limit of things that you potentially need. Like a sw- anywhere with canned food and water, bottled water would be the first thing you'd go for. No, no, but wait, what type of apocalypse are you talking about? Like the world's going to end in eight hours, and that's it. You're going to knock yourself out. That's what I mean. If doesn't it, doesn't an apocalypse mean everybody dies, the world burns up, and it's all over? Uh, all right, metaphorical apocalypse. All right, the world's changing. Oh right. Oh that that kind. Oh yeah, that kind. <laughs> Like COVID, right? Do you know? Obviously, you got to go get your toilet paper first, right? Clearly, just shit. It doesn't matter. You know, you can do it anyway. The world's going to end in twelve hours. Yeah, but you still, you know, <laughs> can't you hold it? Yeah. <laughs> twelve hours. Make it make a count. You gotta make a count. Uh, that's true. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you just go find a real opulent toilet then. They just for the last one. Let's just make it worth it. <laughs> Could you imagine what the water will be? Your last one, you're not going to need to. Your last one, doing. If you go an hour or half an hour before the apocalypse, you're not going to need to wipe. Don't worry about uh, toilet paper. Yeah, but it's not that. We need toilet paper way. anyway. What's the difference? You get, you're getting hit by a car. You want clean underwear, right? <laughs> yeah, the epoxy lady needs to make sure it's all you know. Clean. <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. that's it. Anyway, I'm not raiding wire. That was the point of this, okay? Well, you can have some nice underwear <laughs> if you raid wire. Yeah. What do I do? I get to grab a scooter and scoot my way around. Nice right. clothes. You get some nice clothes from wire. What for? <laughs> you got 12 hours. Don't worry about it. What if it's not a 12-hour event, Metal? What 24 hours. Look two, week, two week event. Right. What was that movie that had that? that was it The Purge? Was yeah, no, the purge is different. That's about um, committing a crime, 24 hours to commit a crime. You're talking about um, there was the bird box one, whatever that was. There was a, there was an Australian one as well. What was it called? You know, like the one with they shoot, like the raiding one where there's an air raid or whatever tomorrow. There was one. There was one uh, filmed in Perth. It was made in Perth, an apocalypse movie. Was it? I can't say I've already seen that one. Can't the, say, yeah, I can't. I can't remember what it was tom- called. Tomorrow, end of end of. 
end of something like that. End of tomorrow, end of end of something like that. And yeah, there's an army. Something yeah, like the that. army invades, and there's a young young kids are at like camping or something, and they take on a whole I army. Know. I know. I don't remember that. Yeah, I haven't watched it. No, no, it was a different one. It was a different one. They showed like the Coburn Ice Rink. Um, was there an ice rink in Coburn? I think there still is. I didn't know that. Did not know. There you go. If there's a, there you go. There's something I've never done. I've never done ice skating. So if there's an apocalypse, apocalypse coming, I might go try ice skating for the last. No, mate. One of my jeans. I've never, never, never had that skill of. Uh, <laughs> what am I going to do? I love soccer, but I don't think I'm going to be able to in that time organise an eleven versus eleven soccer game. I think everyone's going to be a little bit busy. Right. So, <laughs> uh, if your Twitter's working. Maybe you'll tweet your last few hours. <laughs> That's something to do. Uh, live stream it. Live stream it. All right. What else has happened since uh, the last time we uh, potted? Uh, the whole GameStop. Whole GameStop. Oh, yes. Oh, GameStop, Dom, please. Dom, you, got, you guys are the financial masters, please. Can you explain to the, the masses what's going on here? All right, the real, all right, the simplicity aspect of shorting stocks. All right, um, do, do, when I say shorting, do you know what we're talking about, Simon? Do you want me to just re-explain what a short is? Yeah, I understand the basics of shorting, but um, explain it for our loyal listeners. All right, all right. To, all, uh, to all the listeners out there, essentially. Uh, so if I have a stock that's worth a dollar and I think tomorrow it's going to be worth 95 cents because I think this stock's a bit shit house, it's going to go down, so uh, I'm banking on it going down. So essentially, I'm selling some stock today for a dollar. I do not have this stock. I'm selling it for a dollar because I'm looking at buying it tomorrow for 95 cents. So I wait till the next day, buy it for 95 cents, or I can buy it at a lesser amount whenever, give the guy his stock, he paid a dollar, but obviously I keep the profit in the middle. So essentially, when companies are shorting companies, which is the opposite of long. Long is obviously you expect it to go up over time and you hold it. Shorting means they expect it to, to lose quickly and they're banking on it going bust, right? The problem that they had with this shorting, one, this is a, a lot of this is what happened back in 2008 when they had a big global financial crisis. There was big hedge funds who were shorting companies. Now, there's a lot of grey areas in shorting, especially to do with um, basically shorting companies till they go bust, which was something that was a bit sort of very big gray area. So a lot of the times these big hedge funds will short companies until they go bust. Because they have go bust, they don't then have to pay the money to buy the other stock. They basically got money for for nothing, right? That's sort of what was happening. So um, not only that, because it's an unrealized capital gains, apparently a lot of the times they don't even have to pay tax on the profit, right? That's, um, that's essentially what it is. So there was one thing. So then we got further to that. You've got a situation where you, the companies, so these hedge funds were over-shorting the stock. So they were shorting, they were 140% shorted on this, which means they, was, they were expecting 140%. They, they had contracts on 140% of the stock. Obviously, that's impossible. You want to have more shorts than there are available, which is also illegal, but they were doing that as well. So it comes to a point where these guys on, on on the forums online were like, look, this company is highly leveraged in this in GameStop being short, right? GameStop essentially eBay games, right? They sell games at a traditional brick and mortar store. They sell games and consoles. 
So it started with some guys saying, well, look, in the short term, we should see GameStop go up because of the release of PS5, because of the release of some consoles. They should have some games. So in the short term, GameStop shouldn't actually go down. It should go up, right? So what actually happened, some guys bet the other way. Now, it sort of kind of did that a little bit. So GameStop kind of started going up. And what they noticed was this hedge fund was banking on the losses. So one of two things can happen. They can just pay it out and then wear the loss or they keep buying more stock so that they're covering. So what has actually happened is they've now continued to buy so that all these people online have also said, all right, we'll continue to buy. So there's no one selling for these guys to buy at that price. So what it's done is obviously there's all buyers, no sells. It's going right up. Now, what what hedge funds and the, and the and the platform was trying to do was to sort of coerce these people into selling because obviously if they sell, it causes to go down, go down, these people make their money back. The forum are like, trust us, don't sell, it'll keep going up, right? Keep going up because they've got about 70 million shares to cover. But realistically in the market, there's only about 20 million shares a day they can buy. So even to cover their position, it will take them five days to do this. So consistently, if they don't sell, people it should theoretically keep going up now you've got two sides to this some people are saying oh this is ridiculous by by reddit and the forum because they're, they're playing the market but that's exactly what hedge funds do they're just doing it the other way absolutely yeah should be allowed to do it. there's nothing wrong with that it's absolutely free All money you do is then you have robin hood so robin hood is trading app robin hood is a trading app right but robin hood uh, Robin Hood is also owned, basically receives about 40% of its revenue from a thing called Citadel, right? Uh, the, the Citadel then also is a major funder to Melchin Partners, who are one of the hedge funds who are losing money. So one of, on one side, the person doing the platform is also the person losing money. So during the week, Robin Hood decided that they don't allow they're not allowing anyone to buy GameStop shares, only selling, which is market manipulation. So now there's a big drama going on about, well, hang on a second, why should they allow to do this and blah, 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 blah. It's actually quite um, it's actually quite a sophisticated play. But like the people are banging on about all these Reddit people with no idea. They're, they're not as dumb as people are making it out. No, they're, they're quite, quite, quite very smart. They're very yeah. smart. They saw this happening and, and have jumped on and manipulated it. And... Really, at the end of the day, this is exactly what a free market is doing. The free market is working as it's intended to work. It's not their fault that the hedge fund decided to be arrogant about it. That's really all that's happened. I agree totally. The hedge funds have got together uh-huh. and leaned on the Robin Hood platform uh-huh. to yes. stop uh, individuals from trading uh, GameStop. No, not. No, not from trading. They're allowed to sell. They weren't allowed to buy. Far out. That's. I think not being able to sell only yeah. is probably worse than not being able to trade full stop. Exactly, because what that means is, is they can sell, which means they can make a drop, but they can't make it go up. And now 50, I think it was saying like almost 50% of all people who had a Robin Hood account, right, had a, an interest in GameStop. Wow. So people were signing up just to buy like one stock. Yep. One share. Yep. At, you know, maybe 50 bucks or something like that. Spot on, mate. So now it's become an interesting situation where, look, the problem with a lot of these, and it happens here in Australia too, the fine that they will cop is nowhere near the money they will save. What do you mean, the fine? The fine from the SEC for committing this offence. 
no different to when Commonwealth Bank got done. It was Commonwealth, I think it was Commonwealth Bank, and they had like it was about 120 million dollars they made from all the people like um, putting the money into the ATMs, and the fine was saying like 10 million dollars. Mate, if you told me I could have a business that made 120 million dollars for a cost of 10 million, you're stupid not to do it. The the fine should be more than what you make. That's ridiculous. There's no disincentive then. Exactly. Yes, correct. That's insane. So it is pure market manipulation to shut down these uh, users from from selling. Correct. And another problem in America is a lot of people that are part of the SEC are also to do with Robin Hood, are also to do with the hedge funds. Like, hang on a minute. So you've got a lot of conflict of interest. So you've got judge, jury, and executioner for yep. the same person. So these hedge funds are allowed to get together and sell, 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 but some buyers get uh, discuss it online and say bye, bye, bye. Which is the exact opposite, doing the exact same thing. That's mm-hmm. yeah, and that is legal because they're not part of the establishment. They're not part of the Wall Street crew, as they say. You know, people also forget that a lot of people in Wall Street have made money off this stock as well. It's only really maybe three or four hedge funds who are struggling, right? So it's it's not that it's like rich people are still getting rich, right? Don't don't forget that. But what what is one of the things that's probably come out of this is that collectively retail investors probably have a bit more power than people ever gave them credit for. And I think that yeah. is an important note. Like, hang on a second, this is this is something that could change it in the future, you know what I mean? And I think that's what you will see. It's, a, well, it's, it's actually quite amazing when you look at the big scope of things that the, how the Redditors actually did this. It's brilliant, but it's not the only uh, stock that they did it to either, was it? I mean, this is the main one. AMC, there's also um, some other ones that they're doing, but it's businesses basically they expected to, to struggle through COVID and they got shorted. So these, they're propping them up. Now, don't get me wrong, long-term GameStop's probably going to die, right? It probably will. It's inevitable. It's going to have a slow death. So at the end of the day, someone has to, someone's got to be left holding the bag, right? Uh-huh. But who's that going to be? Well, this is the thing, right? If you have a few individual redditors, like Big Whoop, what they lose maybe max, I think it was max six grand each. They might, um, they might lose, I don't know, you know, you know, fifty bucks, hundred bucks, two grand, whatever, right? But having however many people lose two grand is a lot less effect than having one, one. Well, the hedge funds three point five billion was it? There was that was out three point five billion. In a day, metal. In one that day. That was, was 3.5 billion in a day. And did you see when they, they made them sell, 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 the price plunged to 100 and was about 190 bucks? Today it's back up to 350 or something. Yeah, it came straight back up. Straight back up, 350 for GameStop. That's when they turned off the um, the buyers. That's what happened. Right. So they keep, they keep bringing it back down, but the Redditors keep bringing it back up. Well, they started using different, um, they started using different, uh, trading, platform. different platforms and stuff like that. Yep. So they just they just won't go away. It's brilliant. Oh, well, I think it's 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 what a free market's supposed to be, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? and um, why should all, the hedge funds always have all the fun? Why should they be able to do this? Why can't the the retailer do it? I think what you're saying is it's going to be the end of shorting, which is not probably not a bad thing. Yeah, the the, the actual meltdown from the hedge fund operators is actually quite funny to see. To see the the total disconnect from reality, to think that oh, what they're doing is not it's not legal. Like you're just trying to steal the you're just trying to steal wealth, just trying to steal from the wealthy or something. And I'm like, really? Uh, isn't and using and using the app Robinhood as as, as the irony. 
And exactly, I was just going to say, the fact that the app is called Robin Hood is absolutely <laughs> perfect, isn't there, it? There's one there, it's called Coop, Cooperman, I can't remember his first name. And basically, yeah, he's having a rant on on one of the TV shows, I think it was CNBC, he was having a rant saying this is just a way for people to attack wealthy people. And I was just like, how's the, how's the reasoning from this guy who's so detached from the standard reality that he thinks if it's bad, if, it, if, it, if he does it, it's okay, but when it happens to him, Oh no! Can't allow this to happen. It's ruining our. Bank. Just the absolute, the absolute entitlement and the privilege, you know, that they that they just can't give up. They can't understand that that their reality could be changed. In essence, you know? it was capitalist whinging that capitalist people were ruining capitalism. And then they used a uh, what would you call it? A socialistic tactic. To cut off the capitalists that were beating them at their own capitalist game. <laughs> actually, actually a, a communist slash fascist tactic, that's actually what they do in China. They stop the market. Yeah. That's literally what they do. They turn the market off if it drops too much. And I was like, how's the irony in this one? So when it doesn't work to you, you revert to communism, eh? Oh, how's that, eh? These hedge funds and, you know, the the, the concept of shorting, it just seems like – a bastardized version of capitalism. It's corporatism, basically. Oh, it's hundred percent. It, it's not easy. I think it's greed. You know the word. You know, Gordon Gecko, greed is good. I think that's just that's what it comes down to. I mean, like, why was the guy that was in charge of Lehman Brothers worth four? Used to get paid four hundred million dollars. What CEO should get paid four hundred million dollars? I don't give a shit how. Unless you own the company and it's your company and you're making dividends from it, as in profit. Well, that's different. But don't tell me you're a CEO. You should get four hundred million dollars. That's uh, you coming around to my style of thinking, metal. Yeah, but 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 no, it's, it's not so much coming. It's like yeah, when you said it, like actually, you, it wasn't so much a wage. If they made that as in profit, well, then that's different. You know what I mean? That's yeah, this is the whole thing about wage versus like, you know performance bonuses and people get paid a wage. And always been this up with metal. It is impossible, impossible that one person could do twenty million dollars as a wage. Like you cannot work. To earn twenty million dollars, that is freaking impossible. That your work, literally on a computer, doing what you do, earns you twenty million dollars. Now, if you have stocks and the company does well and you get dividends or you get whatever, that's an investment. That's different. But it's impossible that your guaranteed wage is that much. It shouldn't. It's. It's. It, it, you can't be. It's. It's not possible that you could do that amount of work. On that, Dom, then are you saying that Lionel Messi is not worth 555 million euros over four years? That's exactly where I was going, Simon. That's exactly where <laughs> I was going. I know you well. No, no. 555 million euros, which would be what? 700 I think it's about 800, $800 million Australian and some change. Over yep. four years. This is the biggest sporting contract ever, ever, my lad. Like, How much is the Spanish government going to take of that? Well, they've taken a bit already, haven't they? Take a big chunk of that. Well, he's already been busted yeah. for something, yeah. hasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Tax evasion. Yeah, stuff. but in, in that whole tax evasion case, is a bit strange. Like, even when I read that one, I was like, you can't yeah, you can't change the law and then say it applied three years ago. That's just ridiculous. Retrospectively change the law, so Bernard got his money. No, hang on a minute. I wasn't a crime back then, but apparently I was committing it. I didn't even know. That's a bit ridiculous. But anyway, there's another. That's just. That's a European government thing, and yeah, they're not the greatest at that at the moment. So disregard that. But his contract, so on, regardless of who leaked it, because that's also another another fascinating concept. But five hundred and fifty-five million over 
pound, uh, euros over four years. I mean, that is almost what they work it out to be. Him alone was saying like almost 20% of the revenue or something. Or like, their wages bill is 75% of their revenue of Barca. That is 138.75 million euros per year. Three million a week. 2.66 million euros a week. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable. He, he hasn't made all of the – he's made 511 million so far apparently is what they calculated. So it's up till the end of the season yeah. is when he'll yeah. complete the no, That's when his contract's yeah. up. Now, we compare that to like, – the US contracts are ludicrous, right? Like, no, so how's that West Australian guy? Like, yeah, he got 50 million over however many years. Was it? Years. No, not even. It was more, wasn't it? So, yeah, their contract it's, it's not any, And he's a, he's a finishing pitcher. It's not even, not even a starting pitcher. He comes on the eighth and then – West Australian guy in the yeah, Major, League Major League Baseball. He's like 30, 32, 33. He's been playing there and he just got like as a finisher. So he comes on the 8th and the 9th. And closer. The closer when, when, they're, when they're winning. And uh, a stupid yeah. amount of money. To get the last three or four or, or five strikes out, strikeouts. Yeah, yeah. Liam, Liam Hendricks is his name. Who does he play for? He plays for the White Sox now. Okay. I haven't heard of him. Seventy. He gets $70 million a year. Oh, not a year. $70 million is his contract for, I think it was a few years. I can't remember how much it was. Yeah, five years or something. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was quite a bit. I think it was going to make him one of the most richest uh, uh, Australian sports stars currently, and no one ever really heard of him. Oh, well, good on him. But he'd been around for a while, apparently. He played at the Toronto Jays and all that. So three, three year deal worth $70 million with an option of a fourth. Oh, well, you got to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it's pretty hard. Like they're pretty ruthless in the baseball. Like you can just get cut. He might have a uh, a, hex, a hex debt. You know, he's got to pay <laughs> off. So. But but I suppose that is one sport you can play till you're a bit older. Seventy million will just barely cover his college tuition in America. <laughs> but with with Messi, like really, when you think about when you actually take that number into consideration, say 138 million euros a year, right? <laughs> That's just to go to work. Obviously, some bonuses and shit like that, but literally just to go to work. Now, don't get me wrong. It's Messi. He's it's between him and Ronaldo, the most valuable sportsman in the world, right? That's just what they are. Their reach is is unparalleled, okay? That is a lot of money, a lot of money. Now, they were whinging and they were getting rid of all their players because they couldn't they, they couldn't afford to pay them. I'm a spell thinking now, looking at what we know now, last year when he wanted to leave. Mate, let him go. You save straight away. You get a fee for the transfer. You save a hundred. You will save two hundred million dollars in a year. But the question is, why didn't they let him go? There must be reasons to keep him there. Clearly, he generates more money than what that's, they cost. That's right. So, but still, but they're still losing money. Aren't they a billion in debt or something? But that's what I'm saying. You would have cleared two hundred million in a year by getting rid of him. So how does how does keeping him, or pretty much forcing him to stay, mm-hmm. generate them more money than they're actually paying him for this fourth year? You know, ticket sales, that's that's uh, that's nothing at the moment. Yeah, throw that in the bin. Shirt sales, I mean, the shirts haven't really been revolutionary. He's been there for 100 years. Are his, uh, are shirt sales, sales still that big a thing? And they're not exactly like, okay. One thing, as much as with your lock and roll, at least Juve's tops are really different each year, significantly different. Are really Barca's that significantly different? Their shirts. Yeah. They switch up their designs a bit. You, hey, know, you know what they're but, banking on? They're banking on children getting older, so you've got to buy them something new anyway. 
that happens. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, children grow up and they're, they're the ones who buy the In terms of what about Messi attracts the most money or where the most money comes from, so it must be just club sponsorship, corporate sponsorship of the club because Messi is there. Yep. That would be a portion right. of it. That's got to be it. So, you know, what's their main sponsor? Rakuten, I think, is the Qatar. Is their main sponsor? Qatar. Qatar. Qatar Airways. Well, there you go. Yep. So they're global faces. That's why I think next year it's inevitable he's either going to PSG, who's owned by oil money, or go to Man City, who's owned by oil money. I think that's inevitable. Where did he want to go? Was it Man City? Man City, because Pep was coaching. As he made to be Pep. Oh, Pep was a. Pep was his coach. Yeah. But how old is he now? Is he 34? Yeah, but it's guys like that, it doesn't matter where they go, they're gonna, people are going to follow them because they're that. Really, when you think about the last 12 winners, I think it is, of the Ballon d'Or, right? 10, oh, I think it's 13, 10 of the last, or was it 11 of the last 13 or something are Ronaldo and Messi. Like, yeah. Mate, they're unparalleled with their, with their exposure and their, their reach. Like, you can't but if, beat them. if if I'm a big club, if I'm a – I mean, PSG would take him because, you know, they're just a, a manufactured club pretty uh-huh. much. Uh-huh. But even a club right. like Man- Manchester City, they don't need him. What's he going to add to Manchester City? Supporters. He, yeah. he doesn't run any – okay, but into, on the pitch. No, right, he, just he'll get a bigger reach for Man City in the, in the Asian market, which will sell He's, T-shirts. He's 33 and 24th of June is birthday. He'll be 34. 34. Mm. Okay. So next year, next year he'll be, you know, approaching 35. I don't want him. Yeah, but a marketing machine. It's a marketing machine. No, no, no. All right, I get that. And marketing is really the only reason at this point. Yeah, but that's a pretty big reason. on 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 the pitch, there's better options now. But there's a lot of players that get pulled. Purely because of the reach they have, it's called an English tax. English tax is a perfect example. The English players cost more because of the reach. That's it. There's no other reason you buy an English player for talent alone. Would you ever buy an English? There's not many English players you'd put on talent alone that are high, high. Short of Harry Kane, in terms of talent on talent alone, you wouldn't pay that. You know what the other one is? Who's gone for, for stupid money? Jadon Sancho that plays at Dortmund. Watch him go for stupid money. He's another one. He's an English talent, and he's going to get an English tax. That's just what it is. Maguire went for $80 million. Harry Maguire, $80 million. That's the same price as DeLitt. They're nowhere near the talent, but he's got an English tax. That's what it is, it's, and that's what it will be. There's a, there's, for a marketing perspective, you're paying for the name, the marketing, the exposure, and that's where the money is. But back to Messi. You're getting if you buy Messi, even for you know you pick him up for a couple of years, you're getting a lot less Messi than you than you would have got five years ago in terms of what he offers. Yeah, but I also don't. Th- I, I, his heart's not in Barca anymore. Oh, I, I don't think his heart's probably in football anymore. No, but definitely not in Barca. Not after this last the last year and a half. No way. And not after his contract got leaked, which is not going to be, which is not happy about. So, so not after they got rid of his best mate Suarez, they got rid of him. They got rid of Vidal for nothing, right? I don't know how close, but they got rid of him. So they got rid of Suarez and him. Then the way they treated him during the last saga, right? Then now that his contract's been released. Now, the issue with the contract being released, there's only four four copies of that contract apparently. Messi has one. Barca has one. Messi's lawyer has one. And La Liga has one. There's four copies of this contract, right? Now, somewhere in those organizations got leaked. Don't think it's Messi. I don't think it's messy lawyers. 
you fucking hope it wouldn't be La Liga because he's definitely leaving La Liga then. They don't want that. So that leaves you one option, which is Barca. Now, the theory being Barca released it to show that it's Messi's fault they're in dramas, right? All that's come out is just Barca's a fucking joke of a club that's run. That's just what's happening. At basket the case. Ah, massive basket case, right? So that's all this has really showed. But you think this is going to go – like you, you're basically tainting your biggest legend you've ever had. That's what you've done. It's a sorry and, state. And who's going to want to go to Barca now? I'm sure they'll still get someone. I'm sure nah, still- I'm telling you, which high-end talent after knowing that's the one, the way they treat you, and two, Messi's leaving, who's going to go to Barca? They'll still go. Uh, you could see the people they pick up, and it'll be nowhere near the talent they've had previously. You know what they'll revert to? Barca, when was it, the early 90s that had no one? Which Barca was the one that was freaking pretty average? The one before Messi was there was pretty average. That's what they're going to revert to. They got rid of all their youth talent they're from La Masia, from their from their academy. They've got none of that left. The home, remember, they they would play sometimes around you know seven homegrown Catalans, you know. And now, it's, where, where are they? Where where are they all? Xavi and Iniesta playing in the middle with Messi, like that were all no. We we pull you all back in defence. No, they're never going. They're not going to have a team like that for ages. They just they've burnt their own chalice, mate. They poisoned it. It's a shame because I've always liked Barca. You've always liked Barca. I mean, I never really nah. liked Nah. Yeah. Nah, Barca wouldn't be my La Liga team. No, no, they don't do much for me anymore, but. Um, you had a Barca no, top, didn't you? You had a few, actually, didn't you? I do have one from their um, centenary, their t- centenary shirt uh, from 1999. I don't know if I'd have a La Liga club, to be honest. I used to really like I used to really like Deportivo La Coruña because they're, oh, they're they're in shambles. There's a club that's gone into obscurity. They've fall, they've fallen down a couple a couple rungs down just the ladder. Just a beautiful name. It just rolled. It was beautiful. It is an awesome name. Deportivo La Coruña. Pretty sure they went bust like last year or something. They're not not around anymore. No, they're in they're in like the third division. No, nah, I think they kind of went bust because they didn't meet some financial. Uh, they went. They had some financial dramas or something, and they're in real trouble. And they won. They won the league in two thousand, I think. Was it them that uh, it was around two thousand three Champions League? I think a quarter final or something, playing against Milan, and Milan beat them three nil. And then in the first leg, and in the second leg, they beat them. No, I got that wrong. Milan beat them four one. And then in the second leg, Deportivo won four nil, so they won five four on aggregate. Wow! Now you might have to double check that, but I think that's how it went. They're, they're now in Secondo B, so they've gone down even again. So they're now in like the third division or something. After a team that won the La Liga in two thousand, twenty years later, you're in third division. Wow! It's a shame. Ah, that happens. That happens in sport. Beautiful name, but I still reckon it's probably the most. Does like you look back at some of the teams that that performed well in Europe, right? And you'd be surprised. Some of, like Nottingham Forest, right? Nottingham Forest were dual dual European Cup winners, right? They would be. What are they in third division as well? I think they're in. They won two Champions League or European Cups in a row. I think didn't they in the what sixties? So uh, yeah, that was the the first English team or some shit like that. Yeah. Oh look, the football landscape is littered with you know 
clubs that did something miraculous for a short period and then have done nothing ever since. Abbott, well, Leeds. Leeds is the first time in the Premier League for 10 years or something, and they were Champions League semi-finalists in the early 2000s. Hey, what was it, the Padma team that was awesome, Simon? Or you was yeah, Padma, 99, 98, oh, wow. 99. Well, yeah, they, they had a, a run. I mean, they won... Cup Winners' Cup in 93 and then, what, two two UEFA Cups, I think? But they're still the mid-table Serie A team. Yeah, they're like, actually like a powerhouse. They were really good, though. There was a few years with them. And what a team. The only was. thing that they didn't win but probably should have was actually Serie A. Yeah. Well, look, like Sam Dordia was a uh, uh, European, actually done really well in European Cups. And they're in. Well, they won the Cup Winners' Cup and then uh, they lost the – Champions League final, European Cup final against Barcelona in 1992. Yeah. That was a very narrow loss too. I was watching um, after a Juve game, they have, sometimes they have interviews with players on afterwards and they had one on Gianluca Vialli afterwards and he talks about he played that game and then he played then the game because then he went to Juve after that. So his, his last game for Sampdoria was that uh, European Cup final that they lost against Barcelona. And then he went to, and then his last game for Juventus was the Champions, the Champions League final against Ajax yeah. in in Rome. Yeah, yeah. And then and then he um he said that he dedicated a bit of his win for Juve to some Doria fans because he felt like he got one back for them. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that interview as well. Interview, that was eh? a nice touch. Yeah, I like those. Um, that was on being. That's on being sports. Yeah. Uh, football's greatest players. Yeah, yeah. Some of those are really good. He's aged really well. He actually looks really good for his age. Was he, was he sick? Was he, was he, sick? he had some sort of uh, cancer or some, but I think he's beaten it. And he is uh, in Mancini's uh, Italian national team staff. I don't know. He's like a team manager or something like that. So I think it's the, the role that uh, Gigi Riva used to be in for the national team for a long time. I think that's Vialli now. What else we got, lads? Oh, Simon, I hear that Tell you've me. watched Operation Odessa. Oh, you guys have been on what what documentary that is? <laughs> is it? It's so entertaining. It's so good, <laughs> and that's um, what, what's his name? The Russian Tarzan. 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 What a character! <laughs> See, I, I found Tony the best. Oh. Tony killed me, man. Never takes his glasses off the whole documentary. The part, the part when they say, um, yeah, never going to find Tony. That's impossible. Impossible. Not up. fun. You know, I it's love really, that guy. I fucking love that guy. <laughs> what I love is they do the dirty on each other a bit, you know, from both ends, but they still love each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, so an amazing, it's an amazing story, eh? Uh, i got to watch it again. For, for, it's brilliant. for anyone listening, essentially is a story about a Russian mobster, a Cuban social, uh, 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 and a Cuban spy who try and sell a nuclear sub to the Russian, uh, to the Colombian drug cartel. Amazing story. So good. Uh, yeah. it was like, I was like, man, imagine, imagine the fall of the Soviet Union at the time and how just that random shit going on like that. I love how Tony just just takes off with uh, the Colombians ten million dollars. Like, what are you thinking, mate? Of course they're going to come after you. And I just knew, and I just knew that he's blown this money. He hasn't kept it, and yet he goes, "It's amazing how fast you can spend ten million dollars." 
Oh, I was cracking up. Oh, I think he actually got caught last year. Yeah, it wasn't long after the documentary he got caught. By who? Uh, he got extradited from Italy. He was living in Italy or something. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he actually. Well, got, probably uh, because of the documentary, they uh, they probably had yeah, they made they might maybe uh, leaned on the documentary makers yeah to give up their info. That's why I found it interesting. I was like, oh, you got caught. Oh, that's amazing. Brilliant, but absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. The best part was when they took the photo. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> the photo of the submarine. <laughs> you need a, no, you cannot. Big you throwing a bucket. Okay. <laughs> I, I think nah, the best part was when he's like, um, he he pretends to call Pablo Escobar. That's the best part. That's amazing. Nah. Oh, goes, Have you seen him? He looks exactly like Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great story. All right, lads. Zoom is telling me that uh, in ten minutes' time, your ugly faces are going to be cut off. So, well, enjoy enjoy your lockdown, Simon. Enjoy lockdown. Yes. Wear your mask. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Hashtag we're all in this together. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. Stay home, stay safe. <laughs> New norm, whatever the other hashtags we got. Uh, <laughs> only one roll of toilet paper. Did you see the um the picture that I put on Instagram? Which one was that one? On our on our on our Chronicles oh, yeah. Instagram account. No. It's that um that statue. Oh yeah, in the yeah, river yeah, yeah. with river. the two holding the two la- the last two toilet papers in Perth. The sales of bidets would be going through the roof. Where do you buy a bidet in in, you know in Perth, in Australia? Hose, you know those little hoses they have in Asia. Bunnies, bunnies had them plumb straight into your water tap there. So you just put it, you attach it to the side of your your toilet. So it's automatic. You can buy them on eBay. You can buy like they're they're like attached to the to the toilet seat. Yeah, the, the system there. You get your, it's actually the bottom of the system. You know, you got your tap there. They plumb into that. Oh, that's right. Yes. There's probably there's probably some dude, like some plumber guy who's got a business, should rubbing his hands together, thinking, "Yes, my time has come. My faith in bidets is being restored." Have you <laughs> have you ever used a bidet before? Uh, I've only used the hose. I've never really used a bidet. Like, like a garden hose. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But basically, remember they have like little guns. Like, you grab them, t- and then in the toilet, in there was an insert. Like the toilets me and Mel in China had a bidet built. That Amazing. Amazing. Unexpected, my dad. Unexpected. <laughs> unexpectedly warm. The seat was an ambient 35, 30 degrees. Beautiful. So you're saying you didn't, you, unexpected, you didn't have a well, choice. They had one of those panels where you weren't sure what the buttons were. So you're like, oh. you hang around with the, bu- the buttons and then you hit the wrong button and whew, it's a free for all. It's a geyser. <laughs> bit, of, bit of a tickle? Yeah. yeah. Got me right out of the seat. Uh, yeah, you jumped and hit the roof. There you go. When there's a pocket that is coming, you found your toilet. <laughs> you press the blower? You have got a blower on there, man. <laughs> I must say I've, I've never experienced the pleasure of a bidet. You do feel clean afterwards. I will admit that. Yeah, but oh, right. the the thing with that particular one in China, it was the toilet seat was ambient at just thirty degrees, mm. and it was just an amazing, warm feeling. It was it was fantastic. You didn't want to get up. It was, it was a great toilet. Good. Very good. The shaving was fantastic. <laughs> had the warm had the music going. Yeah, had music. Had and the actually, spray but, hardness was changeable. Yeah, was great. yeah. They had the Did it let off like every every couple of minutes automatic odor spray. Would not surprise no. me. 
This this one actually had an automatic toilet seat. So when you came in, the toilet seat opened. So you didn't even have to touch a toilet seat. Unless you wanted it down, which kind of defeated the purpose. I feel like it's just as much. Then, and then, as soon as you get up, yeah. it didn't have any buttons on it. Automatic flush. Yeah, as, it well, as soon as you got up, boom, flush. I'm like, yeah. Oh my god, this was, it was pretty good. And the one I had another one and had it like a TV, so you were stuck in there for hours. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Everything I've ever wanted. Oh right? my god. <laughs> I don't know where we've gone with this, but anyway, uh, it's been great. Uh, pockets. There you go. Uh, may may it come as soon as possible. <laughs> All right, lads. Ciao. Adios. Ciao. Now, we come here right at the start to an extremely important principle, which is the different points of view you get when you change your level of magnification. That is to say, you can look at something with a microscope and see it a certain way. You can look at it with a naked eye and see it in a certain way. You look at it with a telescope and you see it in another way. Now, which level of magnification is the correct one? Well, obviously, they're all correct, but they're just different points of view. You can, for example, look at a newspaper photograph under a magnifying glass, and where with the naked eye you will see a human face, with the magnifying glass you will just see a profusion of dots, rather meaninglessly scattered. But as you stand away from that connection of dots, which all seem to be separate and apart from each other, they suddenly arrange themselves into a pattern. And you see that these individual dots add up to some kind of sense. Now you'll see at once from this illustration that maybe you, when you take a myopic view of yourself, as most of us do, but you may add up to some kind of sense that is not apparent to you in your ordinary consciousness. Well, it is claimed, you see, that some human beings have broken through to that vision. That they've slipped somehow or other into states of consciousness where they see the apparent disintegration and disorganization of everyday life as the functioning of a totality which at its level is completely harmonious. And you can say, aha, at last I see, I got the point. I've seen how all this makes sense. That's what it is, that's what we notice. But what this insight depended upon was your overcoming the illusion that space separates things. We tend to see the universe itself as really consisting in all the stars and galaxies. But the space 
in which all this happens is sort of written off as something that isn't really there. But what one has to realize is that the space is an essential function of the things in the space. After all, you can't have separate stars unless there is a space around. Eliminate the space and you will see you couldn't have this phenomenon at all. And vice versa. You couldn't have the space. They wouldn't be there in any sense whatsoever if there weren't the bodies in it. So the bodies in the space and the space are two aspects of a single continuum. They're related together in exactly the same way as a back and a front. And you just don't get one without the other. So the moment you see that intervals, that space is connective, you can understand at once how you are not just to be exclusively defined as a flash of consciousness that occurs between two eternal darknesses. And what you call yourself as a living organism, say, I am my whole body at the very least. Now, what is that body? That body is recognizable, and I recognize my friends when I meet them again, good luck, and you recognize me. Although the last time any of you saw me, I was absolutely something entirely different from what I am now. Just as the flame of a candle is never a constant. The flame of a candle is a stream of hot gas. Only you say the flame of the candle as if it were a constant. Well, it is a recognizably constant pattern. The spear-shaped outline of the flame and its coloration is a constant pattern. But in exactly the same way, we are all constant patterns. And that's all we are. The only thing constant about us at all is the doing rather than the being. It's the way we behave, the way we dance. Only there's no we that dances. There's just the dancing. Just as the flame is the streaming of hot gas, just as a whirlpool in a river is a whirling of streaming water. There is no thing that whirlpools. There is the whirlpool. And in the same way, each one of us is a very, very delightfully complex undulation of the energy of the whole universe. Only by our process of miseducation, we've been deprived of the knowledge of that fact. Uh, not as if uh, there was someone to blame for this, because it's always with our own tacit consent. Because life is basically a game of hide and seek. Because life is pulsation. On and off. Here it is and now it isn't. Uh, all life, you see, is this flickering in and out. 
And by being this pulsation, we know it's there. See, uh, you, you don't know what you mean by on unless you know what you mean by off. In the darkness that comes before your birth, there was no you. And in the eternal darkness that follows your death, there is likewise no you. Thank you.